This is not a test. This is not a test. Please remain calm. Unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Seeking human victims. joining us for yet another year and we're back with one annual special that we have delivered the goods on each year since we started and that is our annual christmas special as we continue our once a year dip into the pool known as the silent night deadly night franchise tonight we're looking at silent night deadly night four initiation i am your host the krampus of appalachia the devil you know the original motherfucker the rev dan wilson and i am here with my coven of the goat no i just it's just a regular coven of witches for this movie anyway dream oh yeah well then fuck my attitude Fuck the job and fuck you. <laughs> and joining us once again, the one, the only, the great Muji. Spontaneous combustion. That means nothing. <laughs> it happens dozens of times each year. It just goes unreported. Spontaneous combustion is something that, like, much like quicksand in the Bermuda Triangle, I worried a lot about as a kid. His concerns were mostly unfounded, unless you were the drummer for Spinal Tap. Uh, so, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. This is a fucking weird one. Um, this, this is one that was not my first viewing of it. I'm a big fan of this franchise as a whole, so I've seen all of them. A few times. Uh, but it, this one was one I definitely held off on watching for a while. And uh, th- this is definitely like the most thorough watch I had ever given it. You know, these are movies you kind of put on when you're like wrapping presents on Christmas Eve. I know, I guess I'm a little fucked up. But like, I, I love, ho- like, holiday horror is the shit to me. Like, it, it really allows me to extend Christmas, which I loved as a kid and as an adult just kind of makes me fucking depressed. Um, but like, like the, the horror element of it kind of allows me to just make it like second Halloween because there's so much of it now. And it, a lot of it kind of stems from the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. So I, I'm a big fan of turning on the shittiest Christmas horror movies I can find while we're, like, wrapping presents or decorating the house and things like that. Uh, really puts me in the Christmas spirit. 
Well, I mean, telling ghost stories is one of the most traditional Christmas traditions there is. Goes back way long time ago. I mean, Christmas Carol is absolutely a horror story. But uh, yeah, you definitely don't watch this one super often though, because um, this I this is the first viewing of any of the scenes of this one for me. So if you have watched it in the last, you know, over a decade, then I was. It must have been while you were wrapping my gifts because I was not around. This is the first viewing of this movie that I can remember watching all the way through. Like, I've definitely seen Clint Howard, you know, like, as this character before. So I had to have seen it at one point a long time ago. But, I mean, I remembered zero about it, which is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, this one, I was I was quite surprised by by all the all of the things that happened in this movie. Yeah, I, I too, uh, <laughs> was uh, the recipient of some plot twists. So it was not one I'd paid a lot of attention to in the past. But like Muji Familiar, I knew, you know, a couple of the scenes with the witches. I remember the, the dick mask scene in particular. Um it's very strange. I forgot. I forgot about that part. That part got me. Like the movie up to that point was like had a bunch of like weird things happen, but I was like, man, this is like a cool blah blah blah. And then I was like, well, and then that happened, and I was like, fuck. The P Nokio mask, yeah. Yeah, this is a different level of fucked up that I thought we were watching. <laughs> Like, whoa, wait a minute. We uh <laughs> we've ascended to a different level of depravity. All right. Well, we're gonna dig further into Silent Night, Deadly Night for Initiation from nineteen ninety, directed by Brian Yuzna. But before we do that, we're gonna welcome our musical guest this week. Empire of Euphrates, brought to us by Horror Pain Gore Death Productions. That's horrorpaingoredeath.com. And they welcome Empires of Euphrates to the roster with their debut EP, Echoes of Ancient Past. Hailing from Maryland, Empires of Euphrates is the brainchild of Vincent Matthews of Dying Fetus, Criminal Element, and Sadistic Torment. Kevin Talley from Decrepit Birth, Misery Index, Suffocation, and Six Feet Under. And Jim Ross, not to be confused with good old JR, but from the band Bandor. Uh, Echoes of Ancient Past is old school 90s melodic atmospheric death metal showcasing five tracks plus a cover of the Crocus classic Screaming in the Night. Empires of Euphrates recruited Joe Kata of Obituary Suffocation Castrator and Mortal Decay of four, Full Force Studios for recorded mixing and mastering duties. For fans of Amorphous, Edge of Sanity, Hypocrisy, Panthimonium, and Septic Flesh, here is Empires of Euphrates covering Crocus, kicking off this week's episode with Screaming in the Night, this week on Seeking Human Victims.
The Coroner's Report. So the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise has taken a lot of twists and turns since the humble beginnings of a killer Santa Claus. Uh, we ended that saga in part three where Bill Mosley, actually, of all people, played the killer Santa and the, the Billy Chapman saga. But that that was ended in part three. No more. Now, we have a totally different movie. And I gotta wonder. Like, we talked about this a couple times, but, like, was was this really just another movie that they were like, oh, we, we should throw a Silent Night, Deadly Night label on this, and maybe it'll sell more tickets or more rentals or what the fuck ever. I fully believe that, yes. I thought the exact same thing, which, you know, is a tradition in a lot of these, like, non-A-list horror franchises like we know for sure that it's happened with Hellraiser before which is like probably the biggest franchise I can think of but yeah it totally seems like they were like what do we got and they're like um, I got a story about a coven of witches and they're like can we put fucking Santa in it and he's like sure can boss yeah this absolutely felt like um something that they had that somebody just really wanted they they thought it would be a good movie and they, they, it just, you know, maybe it was serendipity. Uh, someone needed a movie. Someone had a movie. Did it go together? Not at all. Should this have been, <laughs> maybe, it, maybe they wanted it to be like a Halloween movie and they're like, oh, best I can do is Christmas. And they're like, done. Slap some Christmas decorations in the background. We will loosely tie it in. Got at least the one good strangulation of a really obnoxious character with Christmas lights. So there was that. And they, and at one point, um, which one was it? Was it three that was playing on the TV? Yes, they, they go full Halloween three, as Muji had said earlier uh, in a text message. But they, yeah, they, they go full Halloween three with the fucking just showing the previous movie on the TV. So then it's like, okay, so are we in a different world? Have we zoomed out? Where where are we? Yeah, it's total it's total Halloween three, but this is like what, you know, this is well this happened. This is uh same thing as Halloween three, except for it's silent not deadly not four. So there was no uproar because no one gave a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're taking the killer out of it, okay. Is it going to be, like, about the holiday? At least Halloween 3 was about the holiday. And this one, they're like, ah, loosely. Like, cool. So, killer is gone. Yes. Um, very loose about Christmas. Yes. Like, okay. What, what the fuck else are we going to do? I mean, to be fair, people were over Silent Night, Deadly Night by the second one in general. Like, we love the second one. And, like, like it like it gained a following, you know, for, for some of the extreme insanity that the few original scenes possess. Um, and then three's weird and not really a great movie. It's kind of fucking boring. Um, it, it's got, it, it takes some wild swings occasionally, but, uh, but overall, you know, it doesn't really... Doesn't really hit the mark. Um, it was like trying to play on a lot of like vibes of what was going on in horror at the time with like the heroine has psychic powers and the like Billy was trying to invade her mind and all this other shit. Um, it was just weird. It didn't really connect. So, so this one, you know, they're going a totally different route. It is uh, they bring in Brian Yuzna as the director and. Uh, 
it's it's a total like yeah, it's about a coven of witches who worship Lilith, who are prepare, preparing for her Christmas Eve ritual, and we're following this LA reporter who's investigating this unexplained death, and of course becomes like the target of the witches, and they kind of like lure her into their practice like you don't know are they trying to make her a witch are they trying to sacrifice her like there's this intrigue and it i mean it starts right out of the gate with just pure smut with this this fucking raunchy as hell sex scene which you gotta love uh really sets the tone for that 1990 direct-to-video horror movie oh yeah you get the sex scene right off the bat and then you get the person who you immediately are like, that person's going to fall off the roof. And then out of nowhere, they fucking are all of a sudden on fire and fall off the roof. And so within the first five minutes, you're like, I'm, I'm fucking down for this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, everything has just happened all at once. And I, oh, I need to know what the hell I just saw. Yeah. And even when you're looking at that fucking, um, the victim on the ground and you're like, that's, that's borderline to blow up doll. Like that might not even be a real mannequin on fire there. Like that is fucking real fake. You're still like, this is a fucking, this is a heavy five minutes, man. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. There's like, it's like, you can see like they did, they paid at least for a stunt person to jump. But yeah, when they, it's like, it like cuts to like still burning dead on the ground at one point, I swear, I said, and now she has no legs. Like, they went from being on fire to they just were not there. And then in the next scene, she had burned legs. It was hilariously, like you said, hilariously fake. Very. <laughs> and they cut back and forth from, like, the actress's face to the doll a couple times. You're like, real face, not real. Real face, not real. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Clint Howard comes and, like, pokes the butt cheek and it just oh, caves yes. in. Yeah, like so, like like a like a perfect circular burn hole is happening on the butt cheek of the woman, and he just like comes up and just like, um, imagine like Wolf the Wolf Pack, like in WO, but like all four fingers, like he's going to like, he's like putting his hand in the hole just for like a second, and then he pulls it out, and then I, uh, funnily enough, very shortly after the journalist lady is he's like creeping on her and like it zooms on her butt and i was like he's gonna do the same thing to her butt and he immediately did (laughs) uh yes 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 so anyway we're 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 getting ahead of ourselves but brian yuzna was the director uh born in manila the philippines originally grew up in minnesota and developed an interest in film and horror then after high school he attended the university of minnesota where he studied film and production. His career began in the 80s. He was the assistant producer for several films directed by Stuart Gordon. He was a producer on Reanimator, From Beyond, uh, and more. And he made his directorial debut with the controversial satirical body horror film Society, uh, which also had the guy we'll talk about in a second who did the effects on this movie screaming mad george well known for the really fucked up looking special effects um this movie does it's very hit and miss so like some of the special effects like you mentioned look really bad and then some are like really gross out like because screaming mad george was just that kind of guy with the the body horror of course society you know is like a movie about these rich people who are really like these fucked up alien creatures 
and they like lure these young kids to have this like fucked up orgy but then it, like it turns out that like they're like merging their flesh with the other people and like sucking the nutrients and energy out of the people it's like it's so fucked up but uh yeah society is one of the grossest movies you'll ever see and they kind of carried some of those effects over in this movie yeah that is one of the things about this is um in society i believe that was called the shunting when that happened but, yeah. um, which is also just a great word a great gross word like i got shunted but that was one of the things I was thinking when I was watching this movie as it went like as it went further into the movie. I was like, man, I was like, they're not going to be able to top just the fucking complete depravity of society. And they didn't. But the scene with the dick mask was like a good touch. If they're like, We can't top it, but we can do something a little bit different. It is also I don't know, man. What is more disturbing Clint Howard nude in a dick mask or the shunting? It's close. <laughs> neck and neck. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, you know, I said special effects were done by Screaming Mad George. He he worked with Brian Yuzna on pretty much most of, of his stuff. Um, he's a, a Japanese special effects artist. He's also a director and even a musician, really multi-talented dude. Uh, he's did some effects in the predator he did the effects in the guyver in 1991 and the abyss uh we've talked about it on the show a couple of times it's he was born into a family of artisans his father was a wood carver and his mother was a painter after high school he moved to the u.s to pursue special effects and uh, his breakthrough came working on predator in 1987 but yeah he's done a ton of stuff. He even directed a few of his own films, Tokyo Shockers, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, and Dark Christmas in 2006 were some of his own directorial efforts. And then the music was done by Richard Band, a longtime uh, collaborator with Yuzna as well. He did the score for Reanimator from Beyond, Society, Faust, Love of the Damned, and Alien vs. Predator. A lot of full moon movies. I believe he's some relation to Charles Band, and then uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of our behind the scenes team, and then the cast is uh, a nice cast, very intentionally cast. First, you have Maude Adams as Fema, one of the prime witches. Uh, she's of course the actress that played Pussy Galore in Goldfinger, the James Bond film from 1964, as well as Andrea Anders in the TV series Octopussy from 1983. Uh, she was born in England. Uh, she made her film debut in 1958. Appeared in over 50 television uh, films and films and television shows. <clears throat> so you know, this is some some intentional casting. Like they're like, okay, we're gonna cast a Bond girl as one of our lead witches or our lead witch here. And then we had Clint Howard. As Ricky Baker, of course, Clint Howard's been in a ton of shit. He was in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Ice Cream Man, he's the son of, uh, he, he's, he's Ron Howard's brother. Like, we, we, we've known this. We've talked about him on the show before. He's been in over 70 films and TV shows. Um, he's a horror staple. He's been on Joe Bob Briggs, and he, he appears in a lot of bit parts in horror films. Um, and it's always just a fucking weirdo. I mean, you can most recently see him pop up in Three from Hell, uh, playing a pretty sad and hilarious role as a clown that gets shot between the fucking eyes. 
Hey, everything after where it says the effects screaming mad George is like blacked out in my notes for some reason. Oh, that's weird. Highlighted or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's because I, I bet if you were in dark uh, night mode. Yeah, I bet I'm in too. night mode. That's probably the way. Because it's it's highlighted in black is what the problem is. Yeah, that's okay. where I, I copied it from. Sorry. That's all right. And then we had Neith Hunter as Kim Levitt, um, an actress best known for The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, as well as The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. And then we had Tommy Hinckley as Hank, who was uh, in this as well as Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. He's one of the only connecting threads. And don't think he plays the same character. And then we had Alice Beasley as Janice. She was known for Moonlighting, The Practice, and more. And then we had the legend himself, Reggie Bannister, as Eli, making a nice appearance here. Of course, the, you've talked all about him in the Phantasm episode when we covered that, and he's in Bubba Hotep, which we've also done. Uh, Reggie Bannister fucking rules, and it was great to see him here. So a nice little cast for this one. Definitely busted out some... Some character actors and horror favorites, I thought. Shooting dates and locations. Uh, Principal photography took place March of 1990 and started in March and ended on April 15th of 1990 in Los Angeles, California. They shot on West 2nd Street, North Vermont Avenue, and an empty house in the escrow process in West Covina, California. Being able to afford to shoot Silent Night and End of the Night uh, Part 4 in California. That's very interesting. And with that odd and interesting fact, let's open the door to the auditorium. Strange truths and morbid curiosities will be revealed inside. So this script was originally pitched as the third Silent Night, Deadly Night film, further fueling the flames of our conspiracy that this was not at all a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, because it was pitched for the third film, and they declined it and said that they would rather, you know, continue the the Killer Santa story and do the Bill Mosley with the psychic girl thing. And then they were like, how about for part four? And they're just like, fuck it. We have no ideas. <laughs> I guess. Fucking fine. Like, it looks cool, but, um, you know, it's like, we'll let you make your movie, but you got to promise somehow you're going to work a dickhead into it. You're like, we'll do it for you. Fine. The screenwriter, Zeph Daniel, also was uh, the screenwriter for Society. So you had almost the entire creative film for that movie here. Um, and there were several ideas and scenarios that he'd envisioned for that film, but had not been able to fit into the storyline, and they got some of those into this movie. So that's kind of cool. Of course, as mentioned, this is the first Silent Night, Deadly Night movie without a killer Santa. But it is the first of two times Clint Howard would play a character named Ricky in a movie. Really grasping for the effects. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> well, we're, we're almost done with them, so... Usually we usually we stay away from like, did you know that so-and-so was once in a movie with George Clooney? They both were, and then they both happened to be in this movie. Funny how Hollywood works. 
<laughs> this is the movies. Uh, but yeah, uh, so not not a lot of odd and interesting facts here. I'm just going to lay that out there for y'all. Uh, the station's call letters on the TV reporter's microphone were a little Easter egg, however. They were U-Z-N-A, of course, a reference to the director himself. And we already mentioned um, the Santa Claus killer. Uh, when Ricky turns on the television, he actually laughingly says, Santa Claus killer! <laughs> uh, with the footage from the beginning of Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Better watch out! From 1989. If you want to check out our episode on that, please feel free to go to the archives on patreon.com slash OG scare that will unlock 18 fucking seasons of seeking human victims or 17. And we start season 18 coming up very soon near the first week of January 2024 as we delve into the world of hammer horror vampire movies. Don't miss it. But if you want to get caught up before then, $1 per month will allow you to do that and access the full archives over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash OG scare. $1. That's a number. <laughs> it is. And so with that number, let's find out what kind of numbers this one pulled in. Let's look at the numbers. Numbers of the beast. Numbers of the beast. Um, this movie was released on November 21st, 1990, direct-to-video. Could have been a nice little Thanksgiving uh, purchase and watch. Get you into the spirit. The budget was $1.5 million, and this is the box office, so it must have been at least a limited release. This box office was $2.5. But I'm shocked that with, you know, video sales and stuff, this thing might have made money. And it's possible it made money. Yeah, I think that's what the reference to box office is, is probably video take, which some, some people tracked and some didn't. But, of course, right in that time was a real sweet spot. You might actually see some numbers on the video sales. So, um, you know, I mean, and they kept making these movies. So, they're, they're, I guess the lucrative reputation of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise kept it alive long enough to turn out another one. It's I mean, a weird. Yeah, go ahead. Never rented this movie, but, you know, it's certainly something that in, if young Muji would have seen on the, you know, on the shelves, he would have he would have definitely bugged his parents to try to get. The critical response was mixed, as you can imagine. Uh, there's some praise for the dark atmosphere and special effects, but a lot of criticizing the plot and the acting and a lot of the other things. 40% is where it stands on Rotten Tomatoes. Some of the critical excerpts. Uh, Variety said it was a stylish and atmospheric horror flick with some genuinely creepy moments. All Movie says it's a bizarre and confusing film that's more interested in creating a mood than telling a story. Uh, Horrornews.net said it was a fun and entertaining film with memorable characters. Bloody Disgusting, however, said it was forgettable and uninspired as an entry into the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. 
and Dread Central said it was a dark and disturbing film, not for the faint of heart. A little truth in, in all of those opinions. <laughs> so, um, if you... Or I guess I could talk. There's not really much of a legacy that this movie leaves. It's pretty forgotten. It's it's truly the definition of a hidden gem. So dig it up and find it. And if you want to own it, any can tell you how. Jim's a bit of a stretch, um, but you you can own it. Um, it might. I mean, I guess not all gems are beautiful. Um, but anyways, it was released as uh, mentioned earlier. Direct to video onto VHS in 1990 um, in November, and that was from live home video. The DVD was released by Lionsgate Home Entertainment in 2000. It hit Blu-ray um, from Lionsgate as well in 2017, and you can find it digitally. You can pay for it if you want to. Um, you know, Prime, Apple, Google, but you could also just, you know, watch it with a couple of commercials on Vudu for free or on uh, Tubi and Plex, not Vudu. Don't pay for it. Yeah, but it, it is free out there for, for those that want to want to watch it. All right. Well, nothing left to do but wish you motherfuckers a Merry Christmas and give our final motherfucking thoughts on Silent Night. Deadly night for initiation. Uh, I actually really fucking enjoyed this dumbass movie. It's gross as fuck. Uh, the screaming Mad George special effects when they hit, boy, do they. The, the cockroaches and shit are all fucking just hideous and disgusting. Um, the, the shit at the end, the final scene is really great. Um, I like Clint Howard is a creepy, weird fuck throughout. There's a, a weird sex ritual. Um, there's a lot of just raunchiness in general in this movie. Um, it's, it's got like a very pro feminist vibe almost. It's fucking, uh, I dig it, man. I dig it. It's one of those late night, weird, shitty movies that I just fucking love. Um, and it's, it was right up my alley. It is a very feminist movie. Um, these witches want to do one thing and one thing only, and that's destroy the fucking patriarchy. So, like, fucking props to them. Like, maybe don't lie and, like, fucking manipulate people into doing witchcraft. Like, that part's not cool. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, I just, I just, this should not have been in this franchise, this film. Um, I kept waiting for, I was like, all right, when's it going to be, when's it going to be a silent night, deadly night movie? And with, what does this have to do with Christmas? Um, so either if it had been, you know, a part of a different franchise or a standalone movie, uh, maybe they, they could have gotten, you know, some more money for it and, and, and maybe some better writers to come in and like fill out the storyline. Um, the one the one review I think really nailed it um, with the bizarre and often confusing film more interested in creating a mood than telling a story. Um, the story's very loosely knit. Um, it, it, there's potential there, uh, but it could it, it could have been better in so many ways. 
Yeah, so despite its um, numerous and sometimes gigantic faults, I did enjoy myself quite a bit on this movie. Um, it really starts with a bang and it ends with a bang. A lot of the stuff in between, actually um, about literally starts with a bang. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff in between is um, not great. A lot of the relationship stuff they try and the family stuff is just not, doesn't really hit. But I mean, it's got a fucking excellent first five minutes and... You know, from the uh, the impreg when they do the uh, the uh, scene where they uh, get her pregnant with um, the little all the bugs and shit, that's something fucked up that you're not gonna forget. So you know, that's a couple. That's like three scenes in the movie that I'll remember forever, which is more than most horror movies, um, you know, can provide you. So I dug it. Um, I do agree it is weird they're like we're gonna make silent Night, deadly night but there's not gonna be a fucking santa killing people which is the whole point um but they they kind of pulled i actually think that um this movie might have been the inspiration for a uh, movie from the last couple of years so they're like okay i don't really want to make a silent N- uh, night deadly night movie however i'll give you a little bit of christmas at the beginning and then i will give you you know one christmas death with some christmas lights to end so we'll start it and bookend it with what you came to see but the rest i'm just going to make my own movie and i think 30 years later uh, david gordon green was like halloween ends <laughs> let's just do solid not leather not four but anyways like this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll 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 be back next year in a variety of ways. One for the new season that we're going to talk about a little more. Uh, but also for the next round of Silent Night, Deadly Night. As we go to Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. The Toy Maker, Starring Mickey Rooney. Which is a Christmas horror retelling of Pinocchio. I'm not making this up. The doll becomes murderous and... Kills Joe Petto, Mickey Rooney, is his father. That's just like far too many things to try to fucking <laughs> take in at once. So if you thought this one was fucking weird, strap in. <laughs> and you'll probably have to like watch that one now this year, just after I told you about that. Like, if you fucking, if you ask chat GPT to come up with a premise for a horror movie, if it spit out that premise, you would be like, this is bullshit. And their fucking stock would go down a thousand percent. They'd be like, this isn't working. Like, there's nothing that makes this make sense. How far we've fallen. It's funny because the original Silent Night, Deadly Night is experiencing huge resurgence, especially even now as the uber fucking uptight, butthurt conservative media is once again lashing out against Christmas horror movies like It's a Wonderful Knife and Thanksgiving. Um, you see like all of this has kind of come full circle back to the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, where there was all of that fucking controversy and protest. Uh, so it's wild to see how much love the original film has started to get over recent years. Like there's merchandise, there's like a board game, there's fucking all kind of shit you can get now. This is unheard of a few years ago. 
Um, but like, man, how far did these movies kind of go off a cliff? Man, it's uh first of all, you've got to be fucking really fucking bored and living like a terrible life to be like, you know what? Fucking <laughs> I'm mad at a pun. This movie is a pun. <laughs> and I'm fucking mad about it. For it's a wonderful knife. Like a wonderful the title It's a Wonderful Knife is something that we would have said playing a game of who could make the lamest name and people are fucking actually it'll probably be a good movie based on the people that made it but and people are fucking mad about that that is fucking hilarious but also silent night deadly night i think a part of its resurgence is just um a simple and i'm sure these will come back because everything's come back but it's um they just don't make slasher movies like they used to and slashers have kind of been on the comeback and i think people are starting to appreciate some of the like second and third tier ones because you know you can only watch the fucking classics so many times that you got to get out there and find some new shit so it's really a sign that um you know they should make more slasher movies yeah i i wouldn't be surprised to see more resurrected in the the silent night deadly night world after all of the the last couple of years. I mean, they did the the one remake that we will also talk about in a couple of years, uh, Silent Night in 2012. And it's a fucking mean, brutal movie, uh, but it didn't really get any fanfare. And it it's far enough removed from the plot of the original that, like, it's kind of not really a remake, but it is kind of one of those. So, like, they could absolutely remake the original now fully and i think it would probably have some success i think that it for sure would like if the right people made it um you know my hope would be that they make it fun and not about trauma because i'm afraid of if the wrong people got a hold of silent night deadly night that it would just be like i would like to make an 80 percent art house movie but then also a killer santa happens during one scene but if they made a nice, fun one, like, you know, get fucking Joe Lynch or somebody like that that fucking is great at, modernize, at modernizing these 80s and 90s take, then fuck yeah, I think they could. I mean, I could see a Blumhouse, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, you know, popping up and people actually going to see it. So Yeah, oh, Joe Lynch directed Silent Night, Deadly Night remake would be awesome. But uh, put it out in the universe. Maybe it'll happen. Well, that, that's going to be our last episode for 2023, but the new season will kick up January 8th, actually. So I said the first week is actually the, the second Monday of January when we kick off the Hammer Horror Vampire season with the classic from 1958, The Horror of Dracula, starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Uh, before we go, uh, the year's wrapping up. Uh, we probably won't have time to do a full bonus episode this year, but just real quick, like, what were some of y'all's favorite horror movies of the year? Way to put us on the fucking spot. Just, you know, just, a, just some random discussion. We're not trying to make an episode out of it. <laughs> just to kill five or ten minutes, that's all. <laughs> there were some movies that I liked a decent bit. Um Quick fire, say, you know, not deep discussion. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it was like, it wasn't, we kind of got spoiled where we had probably like four or five years of horror movies that like every single year there were two and three like fucking, I'm going to watch these movies forever movies. I didn't really feel that way this year. Like there was definitely some good stuff, but 
you know, we always kind of like put together a little top 10 or whatever, you know, usually, you, you know, individually people share on Twitter and stuff. I think this year it would be a little bit harder coming up on 10 that I loved or in like the last like five years, almost every single year, it was like, how do I get it to 10? Which is a good thing. It's not even really anything bad about this year. It's just that those other years were so good. But I mean, speaking of Joe Lynch, I just watched Suitable Flesh, which is oh, like, yeah, so that's, you know. Yeah, really liked it. It was obviously, you know, heavily inspired by, you know, um, Stuart Gordon movies. And, um, you know, Heather Graham was in it, like, doing, like, some of her best work. Um, and it was, I fucking love that movie. Um, a lot of the movies that actually, like, you know, did well and made money this year, like, I liked. Um, they weren't all 100% for me, but, you know, they're pretty good. Like, I did enjoy Megan, even though it was some of it was dumb. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the new Scream movie. Um you know, Evil Dead Rise was good. Evil Dead, it's not my favorite horror franchise, but I think it's inarguable that it's like has the highest fucking batting average or there's just not a bad one. Like that was just another fucking really fucking entertaining Evil Dead movie. Oh, it fucking ripped. Yeah. Like so far, like you've named two of mine, like Evil Dead Rise and, and uh, Suitable Flesh were definitely up there for me. Yeah, there's been some like other ones. Like there's there's a couple. I don't want to talk about movies I don't like. There's a couple of other movies that were kind of like, you know, popular. Actually, they're kind of divisive with like the you know the true horror nerds, where some people really loved them, some people didn't. Um, those you know, like so I don't want to talk about those, but that's a couple of the other more popular ones. Um, I just watched Five Nights at Freddy's, and I thought it was pretty fun. You know, that's like not a franchise or it's not a thing I grew up with. So it's not like a thing. Almost everyone I talked to that, like, that was like a thing they're really into, you know, love the movie. And I thought it was still pretty fun, even though that's not, you know, a movie that I was, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I had no history with it at all until I watched the movie. Yeah, my, my kid was a big fan of that and, and the lore. Our kid uh, was a big fan of, of that and the lore and all of that. And she, she liked the movie. She wanted us to watch it with her. And we had a good time with it. We didn't know fuck all about it, but uh, we, we, yeah. we did enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, everyone currently on this pod worked at Chuck E. Cheese at one time or another. So, you know, we all are familiar with, you know, crazy animatronic things. So, um, there's a couple other movies. Um, so there was a movie called when evil lurks. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Just watch that motherfucker. That shit was insane. It's a real insane, like, you know, punch in the dick type movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fucking insane. And you leave it being like, man, life really is fucking does suck, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it all seems like it's all for nothing. Like, so if you want to get yourself in that mood, that's the one that you could watch um, <laughs> for sure. Um, Cobweb, I, Cobweb on Hulu was a great fucking movie. That was a really weird, fucking, really creative and well shot and like just artistically put together movie. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that one yet, but that is on my list. Um, God damn, this year feels like forever though. I'm looking at some of the movies that have come out this year, and I'm like, God, we've got Haunted Mansion that that came out this year. That feels like that was last year. It seems um, like Scream 6 came out like three years ago, but that was in this calendar year. That's, yeah. That's insane. And I, I didn't really love Scream 6, but, I, like, but so, I guess it doesn't matter what anyone thought of it now, because that shit is kaput. Yeah, yeah, because that shit is done. Um, yeah, apparently being like, hey, fucking killing every one of a race is bad. will cause your whole, you know, that'll 
get you fired and then very deservedly you I have some bad news. What's that? <laughs> You're fired. Damn it. No. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well say this podcast well this podcast is about to fucking go to the shit. <laughs> franchise, which feel nothing but pain for the fucking what's his name that was gonna direct it. Um who was the Scream Seven? It's um one of the fucking like it's a uh, one of the guys who made it's Christopher Landon. Oh, the uh, Happy Death Day dude. Yeah, yeah. So he fucking got the call up and was getting that fucking you know. And I mean, I'm sure the movie will still get fucking made, and we'll see what happens. And if anybody gives, gives a shit by the time it it goes, but yeah, like he did Happy Death Day and he did Freaky, which is one that I really liked that I think it got fucked by the pandemic because I think it would have been like a really big hit had, you know, people not been afraid to go to the theaters when it, um, <laughs> you know, was coming out. Yeah. I actually think they made it, it might've been straight to streaming because of that, but like, that's a fucking really fun movie. And so, you know, I'm really interested to see what he does with the big, the big budget, you know, franchise horror but, um, yeah, like I said, there's, like, a lot of, like, pretty decent stuff this year. Um, I don't Annie, think... Annie, did you have anything to add to that? I know we were just steamrolling that fucking conversation. No. <laughs> I don't think it, like, this year hit, like, some of the heights of the past few years for me, personally. I'm, like, the very best movies, but then, like I said, I was pretty whatever on a couple of the movies that, like, some people really like, but... I mean, I'm happy. There's also, like, a lot of the movies that, like, I didn't love as much, like, I think are, like, the type of movies that if you really did love them might be the thing that, like, makes you love horror forever. So, you know, it's good when there's, like, you know, movies like that that, you know, even if they're, like, not for you, you know, you could see, like, making horror fans out of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had a few others to, to drop to recommend. Saw X as, like, surprisingly good. Like, I mean, all of those sequels have, you know, been varying degrees of whatever, but this was, like, really a great return to form for the Saw franchise, and I'm not even, like, the biggest, and he's a big fan of Saw, I'm I'm not the biggest fan, I like them, but I'm not, like, raw about them, you know, but, like, this one was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I really liked it, but yeah, I, you know, I don't remember what movie I watched more than a week after I watched it. <laughs> I I'm like, I was trying to remember what the what movies I watched this year. Couldn't tell you, but we did watch that one. It was really good. You like that? Um, you like Infinity Pool also? Yeah, Infinity Pool was really good. Um, Saw X was really good. Um, it was, it was, it was like, it went back to, you know, back when Saw was good, you know, the first three. And then you can just skip a lot of them and then watch this one. But Infinity Pool was really, really good. Um, what else did we watch this year? Yeah, I forgot about Infinity Pool. Like, it was good, and that's one of those where, like, I didn't, like, love, love it, but I liked it a lot. And, you know, just put me, I've got the the Brandon uh, Cronenberg, you know, fucking lifetime pass. Like, I'll just, you know, kind of watch, you know, whatever he makes. <laughs> and then was The Menu this year or was that last year? What's that? The Menu. I think uh, that was last year. It, I think it might have been late last year, possibly. Maybe maybe early this year, but like I didn't realize Renfield was still earlier this year. I was thinking that was a last year movie. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that was like spring, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess it was. But that I loved Renfield. I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that suffered from poor marketing. Yeah, um, it did. Like I thought it was really fun. Um did you guys watch Talk to Me? Yes, yeah. we did. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. 
I thought it was decent. That was what that was one of the ones where I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, you know, I was I was surprised that it was like, you know, a lot of people fucking love, 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 love it, which is good. Like, it was I didn't a think fun like, movie. Yeah, like I didn't think it was bad. Also, it's one of those things, man, and you just have to accept it with age. Where like, because a lot of the movies we watched and like are the movies we loved, you know, people that were twenty years older than us would have looked back and been like, oh. This is just all these other movies that came out 20 years ago. Talk to me was just like, you know, it just seemed like a fucking mixtape of like movies that I already like. So, you know, I didn't get into it as much because a lot of the gags and stuff, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, for somebody who's fucking 15, they've never seen any of that shit. And this is going to be the one that hooks them, which is awesome. Yeah, could see that. Um, fuck. I was, oh, there one last movie that I wanted to recommend uh, that that was on Hulu. It was a Hulu. I think it was Hulu original. It was about aliens, but man, it was so fucking good. Uh, no one will save you. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed that movie. Um, like usually aliens, it, it, like you know, I guess whoever made that read a treatment of like night skies. Or something right. that was inspired by that because that's kind of what it is. It's like you know this these sinister aliens and like it plays on, of course, you know, aliens kind of being somewhat revealed to at least be, be you know a possibility of being real. And so like they dropped it at the right perfect fucking time, like right for Halloween of that year, and uh, like yeah, it just it had all the it, it's great fucking high recommendations for that one. Yeah, there's one other movie. I gotta. What was the fucking name of it? Um, oh, Dark Harvest. So it's a movie that um, I think right now it's just still on Amazon to rent. I'm sure it'll come to streaming at some point. But it's a it's a David Slade movie. It's not perfect, but it's really fucking gory and has some like good stuff. And the fucking the um the like the bad guy in the movie he's not really he's kind of a slasher but he's more of like a monster like could be a new thing like i could see them making a bunch of these movies just because the monster in the movie like just looks so cool um it's uh it's a i'll give you like a brief since you guys i know obviously you guys haven't seen it so the um the general premise of the movie is that Every year on Halloween, there's this thing called a run where, like, all of the teenage boys in the town have to go and try to kill this fucking monster. And the monster's name makes me laugh because it sounds like he would have been a fucking early 2000s wrestler in Nashville. His name is Sawtooth Jack. (laughs) I could just see him being in the locker room and be like, ah, that's Sawtooth over there. (laughs) Fuck it. So Sawtooth Jack, though, is really fucking cool looking. But basically... He fucking is kind of born in a cornfield and then they have to kill him before he gets to a church. And if they're able to kill him before he gets to the church, then the person that kills him, like, you know, is given like a bunch of money and a fucking car and is like the king of the town. Um, But then, you know, there's like a, you know, then you just, you got to watch it from there. And immediately you're kind of like, um, you know, like what is actually fucking happening when this happens, you know, when they do this, but I thought it was fun. It was kind of like one of those missing, like it was almost like the plot of the movie. It was almost more like a scene. Like that was kind of the whole thing. There wasn't really like a whole lot other going on other than, you know, what's going to happen with Salty Jack, but he's fucking really cool looking. So I would recommend that for people that are just looking for like a new cool monster to look at. 
the uh, the market of scare scarecrow exploitation horror is uh, extremely underserved. So <laughs> yes. give me more sawtooth jack. Um, Slaughter House, that was one that was a crazy movie, really dumb, but you should check it out. It's just really fucking stupid. It's about a killer sloth. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing Dark Harvest yet. That's one I wanted to. Also, I haven't seen Last Voyage of the Demeter. Really want to see that. It looks like a cool, different take on the whole Dracula thing. It's wild that that came out just a few weeks apart from Renfield in theaters. We got two fucking theatrical Dracula movies in 2023. That was a, another weird thing that happened, but yeah. So that's that's about all I got. Any any closing thoughts for the the audience for the end of the year? Yeah, it was another good year of podding. Um, I think I missed more this year than I've ever missed, which was sad. But maybe my job will be cool, and I won't miss any next year. That would be cool. <laughs> Did you really miss more this year than ever? The, the year where you almost fucking died? No, nah, because I think the year I died, I missed like four or five in a row. And that was like, for the most part, this year I fucking had fucking last second cancellations on numerous occasions because I was like, ah, I'm on fucking hour 60 of work this week. I fucking can't do it. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well. Thanks for your support. As always, we'll be back in 2024 to rock your asses some more here on Seeking Human Victims. This is not a test. This is not a test. Please remain calm. Unburied dead are coming back to life at Seeking Human Victims. Seeking Human Victims. Audio clips of property of 